WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. WABC News Time, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 15th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds today, windy, maybe a few snow showers, high 45. Tonight, an overnight clear, low 33. And then it's going to be like spring-like tomorrow. Thursday, sun and clouds, high 57. If you're walking out the door with us right now, always happy that you are. It is 34 and cloudy. So much to get to before we roll out of here and head up to the 6 o'clock hour for sit and friends in the morning last night. Sat down on the couch to watch the Fablemans, the Steven Spielberg movie that was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. And of course, uh, like I do so often, I fell asleep, I don't know, half hour into the movie and then my wife woke me up when the whole thing was over and she was a little angry with me and she said, how is it that you can never stay up for one of these things that I want to watch with you? And she, you know, rattled off a list of movies that had been nominated that I had fallen asleep for, which was basically all of them. And then she said, but at the same time, you have no problem staying up for all the shows that you watch. And then she lists them. And um, and they are, well, I'll tell you, I'm not embarrassed to say the things that I have no problem staying up for are The Real Housewives of New Jersey, My 600-Pound Life. Oh, you have to watch that show with Dr. Now. You're eating too much. Yeah, watch it if you haven't. A 90-Day Fiance. I can stay up for that. Little People, Big World, Below Deck, Sister Wife. She said, you can stay up for all those shows. But the minute I turn something on that I want us to watch together, you fall asleep. And I said, you know, what am I going to do? I got early hours and I just sort of looked at her and I gave her a kiss goodnight and walked up and went to bed. And then I woke up this morning and then I realized what she was trying to tell me was that I'm an idiot. (laughs) That I'm vapid and stupid and the only thing I watch are reality shows. And she wishes that I'd be a little, you know, use my intellect once in a while. Little does she know, after 20 years of marriage, there's not much intellect up there. But she's maybe just figuring that out now. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. There are some who got socked with snow. Some condo owners in the Bronx may need help today. A Ukrainian woman is in New York looking for her brother. Do women really make a lot less than men? And George Santos already gearing up for his next campaign. 503, let's get into some of the big stories of the day. There are actually a fair amount of people who are cleaning up from yesterday's snowstorm. People in the immediate suburbs are like, I don't see any snow on the grounds. But if you go out to the Hudson Valley, northwestern New Jersey, they did see a fair amount of snow. Just a winter wonderland to play in. Just got a new snowblower and it works beautifully. It's a wet snow. It's heavy, so they call this the Widowmaker snow, so you got to be careful. Take it nice and easy. 
Oh, that's true. The leading edge hit New York City first. Uh, New Jersey plow driver Kevin has not been busy at all this season. He makes extra cash that way, so he was happy to see snow up where he was, Morris County. We didn't have much work uh, over the last, you know, two months. This is, we're getting all our winter in the next last two weeks, really. Let's make a little extra money in the pocket. School's uh, back open today, but there were a few that shut down, had late openings. Really just go around the neighborhood, um, went to one, did one, made 20 bucks. Oh, not bad. Okay. And uh, this was the sound you heard everywhere. Snowblowers. Anyway, it didn't amount to a whole lot, but uh, some areas in the northern part of the Hudson Valley is up to nine inches of snow. When are we going to get socked with that? Doesn't look like maybe that might not happen this year. We'll have to look at the further forecast. But here we're at, what, uh, March 15th, no real snow. There's sometimes those late, uh, win- light, uh, late winter, early spring snowstorms. Maybe, just maybe we'll get socked by one before the season is over. WABC News Time 504, NYPD investigating three possible gang-related shootings in Upper Manhattan over the course of five hours yesterday. They could be all connected. Let's get the latest now live from WABC's Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. Last night it was speculation, and now it looks like it's... It's confirmed that all these shootings were connected. NYPD Chief of Patrol John Chell was among the first voices in the NYPD to say that he believed the incidents were indeed connected. Why do I say that? Proximity, geography, around schools, age well victims, and now we confirm at least one incident. This incident here, it's gang motivated. The first victim, a six-year-old boy, was struck just three blocks from Martin Luther King High School at West 68th Street just before 10 a.m. Cops say a 19-year-old with three prior arrests was taken into custody after he allegedly hailed a a yellow taxi to flee from the scene. Later, just before 1 p.m., another 16-year-old boy and a 27-year-old man were shot near East 125th Street and Madison Avenue. Police say four students leaving Renaissance High School were confronted by three men who began fighting with the students before gunshots rang out. The teen is believed to be the intended target in the suspected gang-related incident. The suspects fled the scene. A third shooting near 105th and Park occurred around 2.30 p.m., but there were no injuries reported in that incident. Students and residents speaking to ABC7 reacted in disbelief. This is supposed to be like a uh, safe area because, you know, like, yeah, and this stuff just doesn't happen up here usually, but so it was very surprising. You don't think something's going to happen in in the place that you live, and it's kind of just a commentary on what's going on with uh, gun problems in, in our country right now. The NYPD is flooding northern Manhattan with additional resources through today, particularly near schools. Yeah, this is frightening. This one school, of course, on the Upper West Side, 66th Street, has been there for a long time. Is that student okay? Do you know what the latest is on that? Uh, at the moment, we have uh, we don't really know much of his condition, but he was taken to the hospital. Yeah, I think it was shot in the leg, so the hope is obviously that he would recover from something like that. Do we know if he was a gang member? Police said that. Police haven't said whether or not that was a gang-related incident. The only one as of yet that is confirmed to be a gang-related incident was the one that happened around uh, East 125th Street.
Always frightening when people are firing off guns, especially outside schools. Uh, hopefully they'll catch up with everybody that is involved in this. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. WABC News Time 509, let's go up to the Bronx. People in condo buildings there might have to get their own packages today, push the button to the elevator that takes them up to their apartment. The union representing Bronx porters, maintenance crews, other building service workers were set to go on strike this morning after they failed to reach an agreement on a new contract. We reached out to the union early this morning for confirmation that they actually were going to walk on the picket line. We haven't gotten it back yet, but the thought was they were walking out today. Union representatives were outside a building in the Bronx yesterday demanding a new four-year deal. Workers right now are showing that they're ready to strike. The BRAB is saying that they want to uh, just extend the current contract for six months. Um, with which would freeze wage wages. Building service workers picketed outside of Skyview Apartments, that's on the Hudson River, saying the board wanted to extend the deal with the union with no pay increase. They said they weren't going to go for that. Bronx workers demanding a fair wage increase. They say their salaries should reflect what their counterparts earn here in Manhattan. The rent is going up while our wages still stay the same. So all we want is just the wage to go up, and that's it. And it's not because we want it, it's because we deserve it. This union includes porters, janitors, maintenance, security, front desk, other building service workers across 900 Bronx buildings. Some who live in Skyview Apartments, where they held this action yesterday, say they backed the union, especially after all they did during COVID in these buildings. The pandemic was such a stressful period of time, but they did everything they could for us, whether it be help us with a package, whether it be help us with food. Again, they told us they were walking out this morning. We could not get confirmation from the union as of 445 this morning, but if that comes in, we'll pass that on to you. It is a mystery for the medical examiner after a body found inside a Queens building yesterday. Officials don't know what happened. They got word of an unconscious man. This was at uh, 35th Avenue, Astoria, about 645 last night. They found the body of a 61-year-old man, blood coming from his mouth, no signs of trauma, no weapons recovered at the scene. No one else was present when the body was found. No word on who alerted him to the fact that this person was dead. A car slamming into a house in Canarsie yesterday, sending one person to the hospital. FDNY says the car collided to the side of the home. This was 93rd Street, right about noon. The garage door bent in, some bricks fell, some neighbors heard the whole commotion. I hear big bones, bow sound, big, everlasting bones. And I said, what could that be? It couldn't be the television. I saw the car hit down my car, my garage door and was inside on my car. And I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. Is that a phone but in the background? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Is that an t- actual telephone? Hit down my car, my no. garage door, an and telephone? was inside on my car. And I was shocked. No. I didn't know what to People do. People still have telephones that ring like but that? But by then, the police arrived. I know you can put that on your cell phone, but uh, that sounds like she's in her house with an actual phone ringing like that. I haven't heard that in years except on someone's cell phone. Anyway, the good news here, the person who was injured in this accident uh, suffered just minor injuries. The accident involved two cars. One of them hit the back of one car that then slammed him into the house. Homeowner says both cards uh, and the owners stayed at the scene. That's the good news. She plans to reach out to her insurance agency to get at her home repaired. Mayor Adams signing a series of legislation, including one measure 
that focuses on mental health for families in New York City's shelter system. Council member Eric Botcher sponsoring this legislation that would put mental health services in all city family shelters. This is going to make a profound difference in the lives of the 13,000 families with over 22,000 children who slept in our shelter system last night. That's a lot of kids. Only nine of the city's 247 family shelters currently have on-site mental health services. So they'll use things like uh, telehealth, which worked so well during COVID, to get the mental health services to the people who need them. I spent a month in a mental health hospital when I was 15 years old. I didn't know that. Following a series of suicide attempts. That treatment that I got at Four Winds Hospital is why I'm alive today. Hmm, Did not know that about the city council member. Only nine of the city's 247 family shelters have on-site mental health services. All right, so the good news here is that some personnel will be put on-site at those family-run shelters, and where that doesn't take place, they'll be offered telehealth services. 514 now, New York City laying out initiatives to close wage gaps on National Equal Pay Day. I think this was actually yesterday. The day created to bring awareness to the difference in pay between women and men for the same jobs, which is 84 cents to every single dollar a man makes nationwide. I'm not sure where they come up with this number. They've been throwing it out for years, but uh, that's what they claim. Throughout my career, I've felt like people come into a room and think that they can lowball me versus somebody else. I know that I wasn't making the same amount of money as my male peers. Governor Hochul says New York's wage gap, second small in the U.S. how she knows that. I don't know. With women making 88 cents to every man's dower, noting that there's still work to be done. The Department of Labor plans to educate employers about pay transparency laws while ensuring enforcement as well in connecting women to jobs that pay better and to job training opportunities. Employers can kind of be under the table about who they pay. And all that has to do is about men. I believe men are more assertive when they ask for raises. Society, our culture is not set up to have proper provision and support for women who do go and have children and then want to come out to work. Yeah, well, some of it, of course, is that women take off time to have children. The other part is a lot of times women just don't ask for as much as men do. That's an issue as well. 515 now. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Alec and we say... Good morning, Justin Ellen. Good morning, Gnome. A late and happy Wednesday morning there. Full slate of local action to get to from yesterday. So let's start on the court with the Knicks in Portland, who took care of the lowly Trailblazers handedly by a score of 123 to 107. Emmanuel quickly, quickly, I should say, led the Knicks with his 26 points. And Julius Randle added 24, while New York was still without injured point guard Jalen Brunson. The Knicks are off now until Saturday when they're set to welcome in the Denver Nuggets. The Nets weren't as lucky in Oklahoma City, losing 121 to 107 to the Thunder last night. Despite the loss, Mikel Bridges continued to do his part and more for Brooklyn, pouring in a team-high 34 points in his 38 minutes on the floor with two straight wins prior to last night's loss. And that's, we'll see if they can get back in the win column tomorrow night when they host the Sacramento Kings on the ice. The Rangers took down the Washington Capitals at home by a score of 5-3. to three. New York came out firing on all cylinders with three goals in the first period while out shooting the Caps 19-9 in those first 20. Mika Zibanejad had two of those goals, including this beauty off the assist from Panarin to put the boys up 2-1 to one at the time. Obey Cubell played in 14 of the 16 playoff games for the Avalanche last postseason that you mentioned on their way to win in the Stanley Cup. Here's Panarin right back the other way, back in front, shot, score! So Panajad again! Rangers roll right back, it's 2-1 New York. 
That call courtesy of ESPN that came off a big ice-long assist, too, from uh, Igor Shosturkin. Up next for the Blue Shirts is a date with the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Garden come tomorrow night. Out west, the Islanders weren't as lucky against the Kings in Los Angeles, ultimately falling 5-2 to after jumping out to an early one nothing lead. It was five unanswered goals from L.A., including a four-goal second period that did New York in for good. The Isles will see if they can bounce back tonight against the Ducks in Anaheim. That puck is set to drop at 10 p.m. Eastern time in Jersey. The Devs fell flat as well against the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning, losing 4-1. to The loss marks the first for the Devils in their last four contests, but they'll get another shot at Tampa right away as the two teams are set to meet once again in New Jersey tomorrow night. And news out of the NFL yesterday as well, the Jets lock up Alan Lazard, and he was one of Aaron Rodgers' wish list items that uh, got released yesterday to ESPN's Diana Rossini. So the Jets are working harder and harder towards getting Aaron Rodgers in green. Here with sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. So much more to get to on this Thursday or Wednesday morning as we work our way up to sit in friends in the morning at 6 o'clock. We'll hear from a doctor who likely saved the lives of a long Iowan family from carbon monoxide poisoning. George Santos making news as well. And Melissa DeRosa on uh, Katz and Cosby yesterday predicting who might go up against Senator Gillibrand when she runs for senator next year. Those stories and more coming up. But first, at 520, a check of Wall Street with Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Financial stocks and a comeback this week. Last week's SVB closure sent regional banks spiraling. All three major stock indexes higher yesterday, led by banks. The Dow Jones Industrial snapping a five-day losing streak up more than 330 points. More inflation data today. February producer prices expected to be up 0.3%. January's 0.7% increase was the largest month-to-month jump in seven months. Economic concerns sinking oil. West Texas Intermediate crude down 6% this week. Strong first quarter results expected from Adobe. Revenue estimated at $4.6 billion, more than a half percent above the previous quarter. Adobe recently bought cloud-based design tool Figma for $20 billion. Investors are looking for how that figures into Adobe's full-year outlook. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. Do you know it was three years ago? Boy, time sort of travels fast and slow at the same time. Since the first recorded COVID death in New York City, it was three years yesterday, actually. Uh, one of those that died in the early days of, of, I should say, a family member of someone who died in the early days, speaking out, Ed Koenig, stood by his partner, Jody, when he came down with a fever. This was about a week after the lockdown here in New York three years ago. And um, he knew the end was near. He saw that his partner was in bad shape. And at that point, this was early on, they were letting people into the hospital. So he did get to say goodbye to his partner, who either may have been the first one or one of the first people to die from COVID here in New York City three years ago. I was one of the lucky ones. They actually let me go see him for a half an hour. He was in a coma at the time. I know how much he fought. And the, I remember the last thing I said to him was, I said, you fought your whole life. I said, maybe now you can let go and relax. 
three years ago, for, in some ways, feels like a really long time ago from the beginning of COVID. Now we're not talking about it really at all. And in some ways, it seems like it's yesterday. I'm sure for him, it feels like it's yesterday. Koenig found a support group called COVID Survivors for Change with others who lost loved ones here in New York. And they have been making the case for government funding for the survivors of family members who died from COVID. More than 310,000 American children lost a parent or caregiver during COVID. And Koenig's part of a group that's advocating that those kids should be helped out in a big way. It's disproportionately children who are uh, children of color um, and disproportionately children who were children of frontline workers. Um, you know, MTA workers, grocery store workers, nurses, doctors, um, everyone who kept the city running in those early days. So they've been lobbying Albany for what's been dubbed as baby bonds and college scholarships for children in New York State alone. 15,000 kids lost a parent. A Mount Vernon man charged with murder now for allegedly killing a teenager earlier this month. Mount Vernon police working with the FBI to arrest 21-year-old Tyrese Coghill in the fading, uh, fatal shooting of a 14-year-old. This was back on March 9th. This was a very tragic incident that all of the members of the Mount Vernon Police Department, from patrol through detectives, initially got to the scene and tried to save this young man's life. Fernandez was killed in the courtyard of Levister Towers at a time he should have been at school. It's not clear if the two knew each other, but uh, Coghill has no criminal history. Let's go down to Washington. Complacency is never acceptable when it comes to airline safety. That's the message from the acting FAA administrator delivered while speaking to NBC News ahead of this safety summit that's happening later today about uh, some recent incidents involving airplanes. stop. Let's reflect, let's ask ourselves the question, are we missing anything? Is there anything that we should be doing different? That's Billy Nolan talking about a number of incidents, close calls, one involving a JetBlue flight in Boston late last month. Another happened in early February at an airport in Austin, Texas. That's when a Southwest jet nearly hit a FedEx cargo plane. This has been happening a lot lately. We can never become complacent and never take this incredible safety record for granted. Nolan says um, the FAA's safety record is incredible, but they have to look at these moments. We begin to see things pop up on our radar. When we begin to see things that we don't expect to see, we expect every flight to operate as it should. And we expect them to operate as they should. Let's go out to Long Island. When we came on the air yesterday, we were telling you about a carbon monoxide scare at a Long Island home that sent 11 people to the hospital. What could have been a whole lot worse, uh, the heroics of a family pediatrician being credited here. This family member woke up in his East Meadow home Monday night, was not feeling well, feeling a little dizzy, and they called the pediatrician, their doctor, to say that the kids weren't feeling as well either. And he immediately figured out this sounds like it might be carbon monoxide poisoning, and he told them to race out of the house, and that's what they did. Here's uh, Dr. Zazzo. The message was basically that the entire family had come down and become sick all at once. They had headaches, dizziness, they had trouble walking. When I heard that, the bells in my head went off right away, and I said, you know, everybody open the windows, get out of the house, and call 911. Yeah, a good call by Dr. Zasso. Thankfully, he actually also serves as the EMS director for the East Meadow Fire Department, where this family lives. He immediately knew what was wrong. 
all of those who fell ill expected to recover. The head of the local fire department says everyone involved made the right call to save those lives because it could have been a whole lot worse. It really was a great save, and it's a great example of a, a very alert doctor, uh, a quick responding fire department, and hopefully, you know, from what we understand, a happy ending. Good job by everybody there, including the doctor, the family member who called the doctor, and the firefighters who raced to the scene. Long Island Congressman George Santos filing a new statement of candidacy to the Federal Election Commission indicating he's still running uh, as a candidate and will run as a candidate uh, in two more years. When you run for Congress, this is not unusual. The kind of the minute you win your campaign, you got to start running again because it's only two years. Campaign finance experts say it's common for newly elected members of Congress to immediately declare again for a new election cycle, continue raising money, and that it doesn't necessarily mean that they will for certain run again the following year. But the announcement was made by George Santos that, yeah, he's going to run again. And you might guess there's a fair amount of people in his district who aren't too happy to hear that he's going to run again. I mean, it's not a shock. All I got to say is he's been exposed and it's a horrible thing that he's still in office. He should be gone quicker than a blink of an eye. I think he'll have some shame and some dignity and just resign. If he was a Democrat, you wouldn't hear much about it. But Santos has said time and time again he's not going anywhere. His longtime treasurer left amid questions regarding the source and use of his campaign funds and his campaign committee has yet to answer numerous questions from the FEC asking to amend irregularities in their filings. Federal prosecutors as well as House investigators also looking into various allegations against Santos. But Santos says, until you find something on me, uh, I'm not going anywhere. People in his district, not everybody, by the way, in that Long Island, Queens district is against Santos. Some of them say, hey, you won fair and square. Until you find something on him, you shouldn't go anywhere. I'm willing to give him a shot. You know, look, uh, you know, people do what they, they, they want to do to try and get to a certain position. Yeah, lie, cheat, and steal. You know, it, it's it's just the nature of politics, I guess. Yeah, and uh, while we're talking politics here in New York, did you listen to yesterday's version of Cats and Cosby on 5 o'clock right here, 77 WABC? Melissa DeRosa was on. Do you remember that name? She was a chief of staff uh, for Governor Cuomo. And, boy, is she an excellent guest. So interesting to listen to. But uh, she says that AOC is going to take on Senator Gillibrand for the Democratic nomination when she runs for senator. There's also word, by the way, that her old boss, Melissa DeRosa's old boss, Governor Cuomo, might be interested in running for senator. And he made this, I, don't, I think this is an odd move, but okay. Of course, he left office in disgrace back in 2021, Cuomo did. But now he's launching an organization called Progressives for Israel. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he needs a day job. It just seems like out of nowhere that he's doing this. I think, though, it's part of a campaign to sort of resurrect shoveling that. So New Jersey plow driver Kevin, he's out in Morris County, has not been busy for him at all this season. So he is happy to make a couple shekels yesterday. We didn't have much work uh, over the last, you know, two months. This is, we're getting all our winter in the next last two weeks, really. Let's make a little extra money in the pocket. And the kids out, of course, uh, some of them did get out of school. Others uh, delayed openings. Really just go around the neighborhood um, went to one, did one, made 20 bucks. Oh, okay. They shoveled out a walk. That's what we used to do as kids, too. I'm glad to hear that they still do that. And the NYPD investigating three possible gang-related shootings in Upper Manhattan over the course of a five-hour period yesterday. It's likely that they're all connected. The NYPD 
Chief of Patrol John Chow says a shooting on West 68th Street outside a high school on the Upper West Side left a 16-year-old with a bullet in his leg. Why do I say that? Proximity, geography, around schools, age well victims, and now we confirm at least one incident. This incident here, it's gang motivated. Yeah, so, okay, so then a few moments later up on 128th Street, 16-year-old, the intended target there, a 27-year-old innocent bystander was also hit by bullets. None of these injuries, thankfully, serious. The NYPD is flooding and has been flooding northern Manhattan with additional resources as they search for all the gunmen involved. We're proceeding like this is all connected, all right? As the squad works through this tonight, we'll have, we'll have some better answers tomorrow, but we have to proceed this way. Yeah, so the good news here is that uh, none of those injuries are life-threatening. Uh, they think they have some of these people in custody, others they're searching for at this hour. Some survivors of the 2017 Westside Bike Path terror attack speaking out after Monday's verdict. Sefolo Saipov was set potentially to get the death penalty for what he did back in 2017. But the jury had to be unanimous. They were not, so he'll get life in prison instead. The survivors, though they want their chance to address him for the crimes that he committed when he's formally sentenced. And uh, obviously there was all those people killed that day, but there was a lot of people injured uh, badly on that day as well. One of them was Rachel Farn. She was pedaling uh, north on the bike path when she saw two bicyclists get hit, and then she was hit too. Her injuries have mostly healed, but she says the main mental anguish persists today. Every day that I was in court, my heart was just breaking more and more just to hear what it was like for people to lose the ones that they loved. A lot of these survivors, the families of the victims, were in court for a fair amount of the trial, including Arstidi Molasses, who testified that he struggled even when walking to uh, the courthouse. Uh, He was struck, suffered a massive head injury and broken bones on that day. His wife had both legs and a finger amputated, as well as a spinal cord injury. They both uh, asked to testify during the hearing itself. But in both these cases, they say Saifolo did not look at them. They stared at him, but he would not look back at them. I was trying to make a little bit more visible the invisible, things that people cannot imagine. Live imprisonment, um, but of very severe conditions, uh, was was a right was a right thing. It's probably the most in correlation with with what we've went through. Yeah. So he's okay with the fact that Saipov will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Uh, there is the sentencing that's going to happen. So he is going to officially be sentenced to life behind bars, and that's when some of these victims will get a chance to face him a second time for a victim impact statement. And both of these victims say they relish that moment because they want to stare him down one more time before he goes off to prison. And I actually tried many times to make eye contact with him. That moment is um, the only moment I've been waiting for ever since this happened. I'm writing my words since quite a long time now. We managed, like I said, to rebound, to go over the rage. Being in this court gave me a lot of hope. 
Yeah, so they'll get one last chance to face off against him when Saipov is sentenced. President Biden yesterday taking action, he said, to curb gun violence as he met with survivors of a recent mass shooting. This was in Monterey Park, California. In a speech, the president laying out the details of his new executive order on gun control. This executive order helps keep firearms out of dangerous hands. As I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales. Biden says Congress must act to ban assault weapons, high-capacity magazines. Back in January, 11 people shot and killed in Monterey Park in a predominantly Asian-American community after a Lunar New Year festival. The problem is I have to tell you exactly what happened on that day because so many of these shootings sort of meld into one. You forget about what happened in each one. My executive order directs my attorney general to take every lawful action possible to move us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation. Biden expanding on how the order will curb gun violence. More parents, teachers, police officers, health providers, and counselors know how to flag for the a court that someone is exhibiting violent tendencies. All right, 555. Attorneys for former Dallas Cowboy star Michael Irvin sharing a video of him at a Phoenix hotel where an employee accused him of making unwanted sexual advances towards her. Irvin has claimed all along that nothing happened here. He says he believes the video shows nothing inappropriate happened. He says it's evidence. Nothing went wrong that Here's day. The truth. We used to say when we played football, die in the sky, don't tell no lie. It's just the truth. We talk and tell lies, but die in the sky. Don't tell me. So Irvin was in Phoenix for the Super Bowl. He was removed from the NFL Network's coverage of the Super Bowl after these allegations were made. He said nothing happened, and uh, he's now going to go after the people who went after him. I'm so thankful for this video, for this video, because without it, I, 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 I just don't know where this would would have gone. Yeah, we'll watch how this all plays out. And finally, Cadbury. Did you know they do this? I didn't know this. In the UK, they hide those Cadbury cream eggs, uh, at least 280 of them. And if you find them and you deliver them back to Cadbury, you can get $10,000. I guess they do this every year. So a YouTuber actually found one of these Cadbury eggs worth $10,000, and he put it away somewhere. And he was doing a live YouTube thing that he does, I guess, live streaming of one of his things. I don't, somebody famous. I don't know who he is. But anyway, more importantly is... He was eating snacks as he was doing this live streaming of his YouTube show, and he accidentally ate the Cadbury egg that's worth $10,000. Now, I know usually I cook something in the evening, but because it's late, I've already eaten before I left my house. But I do have some snacks. I've got some super healthy apple. I've got some in-the-middle, pretending to be healthy, but probably not that healthy, cinnamon flapjacks. And to cancel out the healthiness, I've got a Cadbury's cream egg. In fact... I'm going to tuck into this right now. Yeah, and as he was eating it, he had that moment of like, oh, it's that egg, the right egg. Oh, well, out 10,000. About 30 seconds away from the big show, sit in friends in the morning. Let's find out now what's coming up on the show from Justin Ellen. Yeah, thanks for those 30 seconds there, Noam. Yeah, sure. Really appreciate it. It's more than you need. Yeah. <laughs> now you just wasted 15. You did. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Okay, we got to go. Throwing shade at Noam Layden. Well, you'll get, you get